0: This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five-on-three. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to be here along with Jackson Heil. We are back five-on-three for the 2018-2019 season. Jackson, how you been, man? Crazy end to the to the season, and it's gonna be a crazy one coming up, huh?
1: Yeah, crazy's putting it lightly with the way everything ended in Vegas, just with the whole Stanley Cup and the way it turned out. Ovechkin treating the cup like I don't I don't even know what word it is. It's his personal beer keg. It. That 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 you know, you put it perfectly there. But uh, he I saw a quote from him the other day saying like he was like he felt he felt bad for the cup because <laughs> he he would wake up in a different spot every night in different positions, almost like. Almost like a prostitute, kind of in in that. And if if you put it like that, yeah. But, but uh, of course not to that extent. But regardless, happy to be back, hoping for a better season on the metropolitan front uh, with particularly the Rangers, obviously. But uh, in general, just happy to get this podcast back going. And uh, how 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 are you doing? Is the real is the important question.
0: I'm doing pretty good. Um, Taylor Hall won MVP. That's really all I could That's ask true. for coming out of last Deservingly year. As Deservingly. Deservingly. Um, I know it's been a while since this podcast happened. I don't think we even we did one during the playoff period, so we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Devils. I thought they put up a a decent showing against uh against Tampa. A pretty oh, a nice, nice one win. Yeah, I mean, the people were people were expecting to get swept. I thought they were gonna get swept, honestly. So getting one was good for the team. It showed all the young guys what playoff hockey was about, and they didn't necessarily look awful in against no, they, Tampa. They but Tampa was obviously a superior team. I mean, and we're going to get to everything about the Metro today. This is part one of our season preview. We're going to be handling the Eastern Conference. And we might as well just start right up in the Metropolitan Division with the Washington Capitals. First Stanley Cup in team history. It was a fantastic playoff run for them. They had I I don't really think they had a lot of trouble in in the playoffs. If I can remember, they kind of always looked good.
1: I mean, it's funny because... You remember the opening series for them. They go down 2 nothing against Columbus, two overtime goals. Right. And then Game 3, Columbus comes very close to going up 3-0 in that series. They get a lucky bounce off Lars Eller to make it a 2-1 series, and then they'd eventually win the next three. I mean, Game 7 against Tampa in the conference final, they dominated in the Cup, too. I mean, th- there were times that they were almost out of every, pretty much every series. And, I mean, you look at... You look at the Stanley Cup Final. They're down. They're down one nothing in the series. And honestly, if it's not for that Holpi saving Game Two on Alex Tuck, that that things probably transpire a lot differently than they actually did. But you, you got to be happy for Ovechkin. Personally, coming into this year, I, I liked that they got Carlson locked up, even though I, that contract is an atrocity, in in my opinion. It's
0: good for now, but when it comes time, they're not going to look back the favorably thing is, on it.
1: I, I want to say that has an amnesty bio written all over it when we have the lockout coming up, but then <laughs> I also want to say the same thing about TJ Oshie's contract and and a, a few others on that, on that roster. And listen, th- th- not a whole lot changed on their roster from last year, pretty much the same team, but... I also think that that same team also was pretty lucky to go to the Stanley Cup final last year given the way that everything unfolded and if they don't get goaltending from Braden Holpe this year, which they didn't for the majority of last year. I mean, if people forget Grubauer was the starting goalie going into the playoffs, I don't think that I think there's a very realistic possibility that this team doesn't make the playoffs if they don't get quality goaltending from Holby. I have them as my first wild card team in the East. Wow. I think Pittsburgh's better. I think Columbus is better, and this is might sound crazy, but I think Philadelphia is better as well. And oh, listen, a lot of things can go wrong in the Metro. I think there's a lot of question marks in this division, but I think the Capitals have a lot of big question marks. Especially, you also got to factor in there. This is an aging team as well. Ovechkin's getting up there in age. He seems to defy age in all aspects he's one of those guys you gotta remember Oshie getting up there Carlson getting up there even Backstrom for that matter is getting up there in age and defensively they they have question marks too I'm not a believer in Brooks Orpik outside of Carlson and Niskanen they struggled as as well as Orlov's great too I forgot to mention that but there's a lot of question marks in Washington and I, I could see a lot of things going wrong for them this year if particularly if they don't get the goaltending figured out
0: you mentioned Philip Grubauer start being the better goaltender most of the season last year up until the playoffs when Braden Holby ultimately carried them to that Stanley Cup victory. He's gone. He's out in Colorado, so they need to figure out a better backup situation, and they saw it last year just how quick it can come. Braden Holby has a couple off weeks and they're going to need someone to come in and and handle their business. But something that you didn't mention about the Capitals, and I think is going to be their biggest issue this year, is how they're going to adjust to a a new coaching system. True. Barry Barry Trotz is out. Barry Trotz is now in charge of the New York Islanders, which is interesting, I guess. Um, I think that he had a lot to do with that team's success. He's a fantastic head coach. And now it's going to be another adjustment period. I think we're going to see the first month Maybe come December, the Capitals will look like the Capitals again. Under this new coach, you don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna line up or how they're gonna have their power play line set up. Obviously, you're still gonna have you're gonna let Ovechkin sit in the ovizoid. He's gonna do what he does all the time. So I don't think much is gonna change for him. But for the rest of the team, how is he gonna put up with Tom Wilson being the worst person on earth? Uh, Sorry, that's just (laughs) my anti-Tom Wilson bias. He'll put up with
1: Tom Wilson fine. He's a pretty that that con that contract is also a, a disaster too. I don't know how he got. What he? I think he got six years or something. He got I'm not, I'm not too anti- many. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what the money came out to be exactly, but he got a heck load of money too. I personally think that they're honestly better off without Trotz, and that that might sound like a hot take given he's coming off a Stanley Cup win. But I always have viewed Trotz as an average coach who has always had a ton of talent and hasn't known what to do with it. And I kind of think that. He got lucky that everything fell into place for him last year, and he deserves some credit. He absolutely does. But I I think it was time for change in Washington. And he was, Trotz was always a guy who. I had issues with the way he deployed his personnel, particularly with Brooks Orpic how much he was playing last year, because Orpic is one of the worst defensemen in the NHL, in my opinion, and he treated him like a top four defenseman, similar to what Elaine Vigneault was doing with the Rangers, with Dan Girardi at the end of his time, who was great in his early years, and now with Mark Stahl last year also. It was, uh, it was, it was something that I kind of felt hit home for me in terms of watching the Rangers last year, but I, I think the Caps will be fine in the coaching department. I just think personnel-wise and with the way they performed last year, they were one of the worst possession teams in hockey all of last year and you can't you can't continue to win in that style year after year if you're not if you can't figure out the goaltending and that 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 is one of the big question marks for me because I hope he's one of the most overrated goalies in hockey per, personally for me. He's always had a great defense in front of him last year that wasn't the case and he was exposed majorly luckily he was able to pick himself up in the postseason. But j- just a lot of question marks uh, around Washington. And in a really tough division, I-, I think I think if they don't figure it out early in the season, which, like you said, could be a problem with a new coach, I don't think it will. But there could be problems there in Washington early on. And I could honestly realistically seeing a-, a case where they don't make the playoffs. The Metro's just that good this year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. The Metro's really good. And let's move on to the team that... Washington finally conquered in the playoffs to the team that was always their brick wall that they couldn't get around, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, another typical Penguin season. Uh, they they were great in the Metro. They were fine in the playoffs. I think that a lot of their bottom six issues finally came up to catch them. So I think the biggest question I have about the Penguins going into this season is, how much longer is their title window open?
1: Ooh, that, that, that's a fair question. I think it's still open for now. Obviously, I mean, a lot of it obviously depends on the health of Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Latang, and obviously, I think their biggest question marks in goal in Matt Murray. I, I think they made the, made a mistake by getting rid of Flurry, even though I know he's at he's he's on the older side, and Murray obviously was great in the playoffs. But Murray's numbers have never been all that spectacular in the regular season, and we saw in in the postseason for that matter that. That came to fruition. He, he wasn't great against Washington. He wasn't great in their opening series against Philly. I just don't think he's as good of a goalie as advertised in that as he's been in the postseason. But I, I think Pittsburgh's going to be fine. I think they're the best team in the division as long as they stay healthy. I think Broussard's going to figure things out. Just needed an offseason really to adjust to being in Pittsburgh. Obviously being on a top, he's going he's gonna to be in a top nine role, but he's going to be on that third line center. That's something he hasn't experienced in a while. He was the number one center when he was in New York. He was probably the number one center as well when he was in Ottawa for the time being when Duchesne came and things kind of changed there, but it was a bit of an adjustment period and he struggled in the postseason, but I think you get adjustments from there. If you figure out the whole gist with Kessel and Mike Sullivan over the offseason, I, I think, Pittsburgh's gonna be fine as long as they stay as long as they stay healthy, they'll be all right. And as long as the goaltending is good, I I have them winning the division. I have them over a hundred points again. I, I'm not worried about the Penguins whatsoever. This
0: yeah, year. I'm I'm with you. That I to me the Penguins are kind of that team that just seem safe. Like you know, yeah, you, they're, they're they're the safe pick every yeah, year. Yeah, you know what you're gonna get out of them. You know you're gonna get a great. You're you're gonna get a heart caliber season out of Sidney Crosby. You have. Easily another top five center in the league, and Evgeny Malkin as your second line center. That's something that I mean, they've Malkin
1: was so good last year. Mean, the, people don't even realize that.
0: I think that. I think in the playoffs, Evgeny Malkin was their best player. The dude was everywhere. He's putting up points like crazy. And every time I watch the Penguins play, I forget how big that dude yeah. is. <laughs> he he doesn't. They call him Big Gino for a yeah. Reason. I mean, he he's obviously not as big as Chara on skates, but you just look at him and he looks like this. Tower of a man coming at yeah. you. He's so fast. He's so agile. He's got great hands. And if it wasn't for Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin would be the guy that the Penguins yeah. have, would have
1: turned to all these. He years. might have a few hard trophies on yeah. his belt if Crosby wasn't there. Exactly, I, I completely agree. And like, like I said, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about no, Pittsburgh whatsoever. Not at all. Uh, team, I am worried about Columbus yep. a little bit, and it's not because of the talent there. I mean, y- we've we talked about before the show. The talent is obviously there. One of the best four groups in the league. Probably the best defensive pairing in the Metro with Seth Jones and Zach Wier- Wierenski. They're good defensively behind that. Obviously, you have the best goalie in the league, in my opinion, right now, and Sergei Bobrovsky. But obviously, the rumors over the summer are the big concern because Panarin, I think it's pretty clear he's not resigning here. Mm-hmm. Bobrovsky, there's been some rumors that he doesn't want to be back as well. And honestly can't blame them for no. not wanting to stay in Columbus, even though it's a great. I think it's a great hockey town. No one wants to be living in Columbus, Ohio at this time, especially when you're a star. You can come in, you have a chance to go make some bank and go make it in a big-time city. You might as well, but if if they are serious about keeping that core together for the season, I, I think they'll be fine. I think they arguably are the most talented team in the Metro, and I could very much see them winning it this year if their pieces stay and they don't ship off Panarin, Pobrovsky, or others at the deadline. I, I just am worried that, it eventually comes to the fact that they're going to have to trade Artemi Panarin because you cannot let him walk at the end of the Absolutely season for nothing. Not. That would be a tra- That would be a travesty.
0: You won, the, you won the trade when you gave up Brandon Saad for him, and then you can't just let him go for nothing, like yep. you said. And just like you were with the Capitals, I think the team that could fall out of the playoffs this year are Columbus because I think that if they have a, a rough opening two, three months, that they're going to see that... Artanian Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky have no intention of coming back, and they're just going to have to ship him out and get what they can, and that's just going to tank their season. I think that's something else that's really important for Columbus this season is the development of Alex Wenberg. Yeah, he, the, he's yeah. just been so weird these, these last two years. He had such high hopes for him in, in his rookie season. It didn't really live up to it last year. People expected him to finally have that breakout season that you that you usually get in year two, and it just didn't happen. So here we are in year three, and what do you really expect from him? He's he's is he your number one center? Is he your number two center? Is he in your bottom six?
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Also, Cam Atkinson struggled last year. Yeah. They that it was weird because. The two guys they really gave the big contracts out to were Atkinson, I believe, got a six- or seven-year deal. And Wember got a five-year extension mm-hmm. as well. And those guys both had substandard years. So they themselves. obviously believe in him. Yeah, and I-, I can't blame them for believing Cam Atkinson. He's he's so quick on the puck. He he He's a guy that creates chances all over the ice. And that, that that's rare in players, especially when you're not... At the top of the league in terms of elite of elite skill, which I I think he he's obviously he's very skilled, but his speed is what makes him so dangerous. And he, he just he struggled last year. He, I I don't I'm, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but he had trouble scoring goals last year. Wenberg obviously was a disaster. For most of the season, they have they have a lot of question marks. Obviously, you got to hope that Luke Dubois keeps keeps developing, and that you're able to somehow hold on to Panarin and Bobrovsky. But if that's not the case, I, I do agree with you that I could see Columbus falling out of the playoff picture, and and th- that's what just makes this division so crazy because you could realistically see the defending Stanley Cup Stanley Cup champions falling out of the playoff picture. You could see Columbus, who's probably the most talented team in the division, falling out. And then you could see a team, like, you could honestly realistically see if Pittsburgh's injuries hurt them. You could see the Flyers winning this division and yeah. it not, be, it not being absolutely insane, or even Carolina finishing in the top three in this division after all the years of hope that they've had. So the, the Metro is going to be a lot of fun, even with the Rangers being the mainstays up there, not having the year that they're prototypically used to having, and the Islanders being an absolute atrocity yeah. as well.
0: So now, now let's get to the to the Devils. We'll, we'll kind of touch on the local teams real quick here, and then we'll get to the Rangers and Islanders a little bit later on. So like I said at the beginning of the show, the Devils surprised last season. No one expected them to go from having the number one overall pick to making the playoffs, but they did. They had great production at Taylor Hall, like I said, winning the MVP. Um, Nico it show, showed that he belonged on that first line, and they did a good job by him letting him work through his early season troubles and showing that he is a legit number one center. Um, They obviously had some issues scoring besides the two of them. Uh, Kyle Palmieri didn't really have the season that people expected him to. I think he only had 20 goals when he had 30 the year before. Um, He was also hurt a little bit, Yeah, he was hurt for a while. Um, Another giant injury that they just couldn't seem to shake was Marcus Johansson. He was hurt basically the entire season, came back towards the end, wasn't really effective probably because he just didn't have enough time under his belt. To get ready for the season and for the playoffs, um, Travis Zajac missed most of the season. Um, they they got a lot of production out of the bottom six, which I'm not sure will carry over this season. They just got Miles Wood back on what seems like a pretty team friendly deal. Um,
1: what, what was it? I I
0: think he got four years, um, like average of four something per. I don't know. I mean, it was it was good enough for me. He he deserved it after the last two years that he put up.
1: Maybe what, he have 19 goals last year. Or I think like so. He yeah. was he's a
0: big spark plug in the penalty kill. He's a nice gritty player that belongs in the bottom six. Could make a push for a top six role. I don't really see it. I think I yeah I had him as the third line winger along Travis Zajac and surprise candidate Joey Anderson maybe might break t- camp with the team. Ty Smith might make the team at this point. He's I, looked great. I'm glad you said that because when he got drafted, I said that he's a guy that might be able to be in the NHL this year. And as I was like thinking about it, I thought it may have gone a little too overboard, but he has looked really good. And just like last season, this team is going to live and die by the health of Corey Schneider. You got really, really good production out of Keith Kincaid last year. Like we said with Philip Grubauer, he was basically the reason the Devils made the playoffs. And he carried them into the playoffs, but then eventually got replaced by the real number one goaltender in Corey Schneider and he just couldn't stay healthy and I was telling you before the show I don't think he was ever healthy last year I think they tried rushing him back too early. Both times that he came back and just ended up getting hurt again, and I think a full off season will do a lot for him this year.
1: I'm gonna keep it simple because I think you addressed the Devils pretty well. I don't think they have enough scoring outside of Taylor Hall, and I don't think they have enough defensively out of Sammy Vaughton And I, I think it's pretty simple for those matters. I would love to see Ty Smith make the team. He's so good with the puck. He's quick on his skates. He he's he's a guy that could is realistically going to be a power play. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna run a team's power play and within the next. Two or three years, and and that's saying something with a team that already has Sammy Vatn and oni That that that'll probably be a team that'll go two defensemen on the power play sooner rather than later. But I just think outside of Hall, even with that top line, he sure he sure added some speed this summer. Yeah. I, I, he looks he, looked, he good. looked really good last night against the Rangers. He's really fast, and that that line that line of him, Hall, and Paul Palmieri is going to be good. I just don't. I like I've said. I just don't think they have enough scoring. I think you said it perfectly with their bottom six. They got a lot of production there. I just don't see it happening again. Brian Boyle will give you production, but really outside of that, I, I just don't see enough production there. And again, especially with how good the Metropolitan Division division is this year, I think Carolina is a better team. They defensively, Carolina is really good. I mean, they had Dougie Hamilton, who's a top fifteen defenseman in the league this mm-hmm. summer. They also, had Calvin DeHaan, who, when healthy, is a top four defenseman, no doubt about it. Plus, you already have Jacob Slavin and Justin Falk on that blue line. Can they score enough? I'm not entirely sure. Out of outside of Aho and Tara Vinen, but I think there's enough there. Plus, with Darling and Net, that I think that's a team I would take over New Jersey at this point in the Metro, just because defensively they're so good that you could yeah. argue they're the best top four in the division by a landslide, in my opinion, and I personally think, I'll just give you my playoff teams out of the Metro right now, since we got to move on to the Atlantic, uh, Pittsburgh, I have winning the division, Columbus and Philly will claim the last two divisional spots, and then I have Washington and Carolina as the last two playoff teams, with the Devils missing out, and again, that not to say that the Devils aren't bad, but I just don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs in this division.
0: I'm, I'm with you on that. I think a lot of what the devil's going to need to see this year is continued development from Pavel Zaka. He kind of looked better than he had last year. Uh, can you develop from Jesper Brat? He looked really good. I love Brat, too. I,
1: I should have mentioned that. Yeah. He's awesome. He looked
0: great in the first half of the season, and then I think he hit the rookie wall a little bit in the second half of the year, and he didn't look as sharp. Um, you were talking about power play quarterbacks. Uh, Will Butcher looks fantastic. Apparently, he worked on his shot a lot this offseason, which would only do better because he was an assist machine last year. Didn't really score mm-hmm. that much. But, <clears throat> excuse me, um... I'll throw you my playoff teams. Um, I still think the Capitals have enough to get it done. I have them winning the division, followed by Pittsburgh. I have Columbus there because of that talent that we talked about, but don't be surprised if they fall out, like we said. Um, I have the Devils as the first wild card team. I think they might take that next step that puts them above the Flyers, who I have as my second wild card team, because I don't think that they can fall out as many problems they're going to have in net this year going with Brian Elliott and... Whoever else they decide to throw in net uh, Their defense is really good You still have Claude Giroux, Jake Vorchek, Sean Couturier showed up last year As mm-hmm. everyone yeah. was kind of waiting a, for
1: he, he became a star last year I, I, I really think it was just a matter of Him getting in the right system Because mm-hmm. we, all, we all knew what he could do defensively yeah. He was one of the best defensive centers In all of hockey and then they finally put him With Claude Giroux mm-hmm. and that revitalized Giroux's career as well after coming off right. A career low year for him and then also, obviously, we know what Couturier's numbers were. Last year he was an absolute monster. Hopefully comes off that injury all right that he suffered at the end of the playoffs. But ju- ju- I think the Flyers are good enough to make the playoffs. I think they will. Also, the addition of Van Riemsdyk is mm-hmm. important for them. Uh, I-, I had them as my third team in the yeah. Metro. I just I think they're better than Carolina right now. And obviously, I haven't even mentioned – there, there's a lot of good defensive pairings in this division. I mentioned Columbus. I've mentioned Carolina spare and Provorov—they need to arguably, play Arguably, arguably the most underrated pairing in all of hockey. I think Provorov's going to become a star this year if he already if is if he's not already. And we all know what spare can do on the power play and what he does at even strength as well. I, I yeah. just I think there's too much talent there for them to miss the playoffs.
0: I think I'm down on Carolina. I I do like Vine and Ajo. I just don't have enough faith in Scott Darling to carry a team to the playoffs. Um, and then my last two teams are the Rangers and the Islanders. I think yeah. for the Rangers it's about staying competitive and then the Islanders it's not about being worse than Ottawa, even though they have Barzell and
1: Or about being worse than Ottawa so yeah. you can get Jack Hughes this season. That's true. But...
0: So let's let us let us move to the Atlantic. Um, I don't really think there's much of a debate here. Tampa Bay is the best team in the in the division, I think in the conference and maybe even the league. I'm actually
1: gonna have a little debate with you there. Okay, I, I think I think Boston's gonna win this division. Really, I, I really do. Uh, I just looking at Boston last year. You look particularly at what they did in the second half last year under Bruce Cassidy. They look great. They were great. Obviously, the top line is is the best in hockey. I think and Pastrnak, Marchand, and Bergeron, and outside of that. They're great defensively. As long as uh, listen, as, as long as Char is there, they're going to be fine mm-hmm. defensively. I, I think him and Krug Krug is pretty underrated in my opinion. I, I know he's more of a points guy than what he does on what he does actually defensively. But I don't think Boston appreciates what he does enough. I think Carlos become has come along. Even though people have said they haven't really loved his development as a player, he's still really young, and I think he's still going to get a lot better. And there's there's just a ton of young guys there who. Are waiting to burst onto the scene. DeBrusque, you look at the end of last yeah. year, he was really good, and obviously in goal you have Tuka Rask, who who was who was really good last year, and I I just I just think overall as a team, and I know I know Tampa Bay is so talented that they really are, and I wouldn't have a problem of, of for anyone who picks them. I just personally I I give a slight edge to Boston particularly with the way they finished last year second full year under Bruce Cassidy they get able to get their legs under them and people forget that they only finished one point behind Tampa it was a tight race Tampa Tampa didn't really add anyone this offseason and also to the credit of Boston they didn't really add much either but I just I personally just like Boston and can see them winning the division again would not have a problem seeing Tampa Bay win it as well They're, they're uber talented as well
0: I just like Tampa Bay for the reason that I think this is going to be the year Andre Vasilevsky puts it all together and uh, don't get me wrong he's been great these past two years he was a rookie in the Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh not against Pittsburgh uh, the year they lost to Pittsburgh in the conference finals Um, he was good last year wasn't great I think he might have actually taken a step back
1: from his first year well he was great in the first half yeah Fell apart mm-hmm. in the second half of the year, and that that that, that concerns me a little bit, because just I I just don't know who the real Andre Vasilevsky is, and that's also that comes after they added Ryan McDonough at the deadline and J T Miller, so that that comes after they boosted their defense, and I, I like what they did. Ra- they got McDonough wrapped up on a t- pretty team friendly deal. I know the I yeah. know the state tax certainly helps out that team a lot, but they were able to extend Kucherov as well. They 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 they. They got things done this offseason, and I I think there will be some nice. It's nice for them to have some assurances going into this year, knowing what the roster looks like. They extended JT Miller as well, and I I think he could probably be turned into a breakout star if he's going to be playing in that Vladimir Mestikov role with Stamkos and Kutrov. Whoever puts there is going to put up points. Obviously, Braden Point was fantastic last year. You have to foresee him taking another step, but you could also see a sophomore slump from him as well. So there, there there are a lot of question marks for me with Tampa Bay, particularly with the goaltending. I feel like that's kind of in the main theme of this episode is whoever has good goaltending yeah. is going to do well this exactly. year. That, that's, that's a case everywhere, but I, I think Tukorovsky is much more of a sure thing to me than Vasilevsky, and that's kind of the edge I give Boston because you look at on-ice players, I, I think the talent is pretty equal on both sides. I just, I just think I'd take Rask right now and give him a slight edge over Vasilevsky. But again, we could also see Boston's young talent not taking the next step that I foresee right. them taking. So again, it really could go either way. And we haven't even mentioned Toronto yet, who had the biggest addition of the offseason. Which we
0: might as well get to right now. The only other team in the Atlantic that I foresee even challenging Tampa or Boston. And I still don't think it's particularly close, but... Does John Tavares leaving the Islanders to join the Toronto Maple Leafs? Does John Tavares make them a legitimate threat not only in the conference but to challenge for a Stanley Cup?
1: I think yes. I I still don't think they're better than Tampa Bay or Boston in the regular season, and having th- them having to play Boston or Tampa Bay in the first round again—it's not is absolutely brutal. And I I know we've both been pretty adamant about the NHL changing their playoff format, but. That doesn't seem like it's coming anytime soon, which is ridiculous, but regardless, I, I think I think Toronto is good enough to go to a Stanley Cup final. I, I They have to get William Nylander locked up at some point, and it'll be interesting to see how Babcock plays these guys, because we've obviously seen him in the past not be afraid to put Mitch Marner on the fourth line and put William Nylander on the fourth line, and I'm not a particular fan of Babcock at this stage of his career, but... I just don't. I don't think that they are better than Boston or Toronto. I I could easily see them bowing out in the first round again. Again, them going out in the first round is more or less the result of what the playoff format is. In any other system, I could see them going to the second round or the Eastern Conference Finals and losing there. But I, I just I don't think that this team, even with all the talent they have down the middle is better than what Boston has and is better than what Tampa Bay has at this point. I I just don't see it.
0: So as good as John Tavares was with the Islanders, do you think playing meaningful hockey for almost the first time in his career, do you think that will take him to a different level?
1: No, I I, I don't think it will at all. Also because he's not going to be getting the type of... He's not going to be getting the utilization that he had in... in Jeez, I'm laughing as your mic kind of falls apart in it's studio. It's fine, don't but worry about it. Good, good adjustment. But regardless, I, I don't think that'll, and I don't think that'll end up being a huge deal. I mean, in the end, it's it's still hockey. You're not, you're not going to try to elevate your level. I'm not a big believer in clutch players, so to speak. I believe if you're a good hockey player, you're going to be a good hockey player regardless of the situation. Does it give him a little boost? I mean, maybe, but that that's that's not something that. I really foresee taking place. I still have them as a third team in the division. I think obviously adding Math- him and Matt, having him and Matthews down the middle is legit. But and that's
0: something I wanted to ask you. What do you think that Bob Babcock's going to do? Do you think he's going to leave Matthews on the first line like he has, or do you think Tavares takes over that number one center role? No,
1: I think they'll keep Matthews in the number one role. I personally wouldn't change what they had last year. They, that line of Matthews, Nylander, and Hyman worked a lot last year. And then on the second line, I, I would love to see John Tavares playing with Mitch Marner. I think that would be so much that fun That would be to watch. really exciting. And then you could kind of put whoever you want on the other side. Patrick Marleau, possibly. They have a few options they could work with. They also have some young guys in their bottom six who I think could work out. I mean, we saw Johnson with the way he was the best player in the AHL last year, and he was really good when he came up into the NHL. They have Lindholm as well. Defensively, I... I I don't even know what to say about them defensively because there are so many question marks there. The Zaitsev contract hasn't worked out. Jake Gardner's really good. Morgan Riley is good as well. But listen, they don't have an extension for Gardner yet. And uh, as I mentioned before, Nylander, we don't know when he's going to be ready. Probably it's just a, like, a
0: weird situation with William Nylander. I don't know what the issue they have with him or what issue he has with them, but it's just really odd to me. Yeah,
1: I, I love Kyle Dubas, but I, I don't, it just doesn't, it, things aren't adding up for me right now. I I think you said it perfectly. It just doesn't make sense because you feel like they'd have a pretty accurate evaluation on him because I feel like he's around the league. He's viewed much worse than he actually is. Mm -hmm. And I think that wouldn't be the case with Dubas because he's one of the more analytically inclined general managers in all of hockey. So I would expect them to be able to find a decent evaluation. I I don't know what the deals with a contract at this point I'm sure they're not looking for a bridge deal unless that's what Nylander is looking for which could make some sense that would make a little bit he, of sense given he thinks he can become a star at some point and get a mega deal but it, I, I, I just don't know I'm not I can't really comment on it because it's a little crazy to me
0: and outside of those three teams um, it's a whole lot of mediocrity in in the Atlantic
1: I mean Here, here's what I'll say I like Florida I they were one point out of the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. I think they're gonna challenge for that second wild card spot again this year. And with the whole nonsense with Hoffman in in Ottawa was a disaster. What a joke. But he's he's so talented and I, I think he'll add another dynamic on the power play. Barkov's one of my favorite players mm-hmm. in the league, probably the most underrated player in all of hockey in my opinion. But again, I, I just don't I just don't know if they have enough to get to the playoffs, them and and Carolina are like the same exact team for me. It's kind of weird just because the talent's there on paper. You just don't know what you're going to get. And I'll I'll give the edge to Carolina slightly just because, as crazy as this sounds, I'll take Darling over Luongo at this point just because I'm not sure how healthy Roberto is going to be. I mean, he wasn't last year. And I'm just not a believer in him staying healthy for a full 82-game season. So I, that, that's the edge I give to Carolina, but I can easily see it going forward as well. It, it, the East is going to be a lot of fun this year, regardless of how you put it. The Metro is going to be competitive. We're going to have that three-team race for first in the Atlantic with a ton. Even though Toronto's kind of on the outside looking in, there's still a ton of talent there. going to be a fun year in the NHL, and I'm excited for the West preview next week.
0: Yeah, I'm real excited. I think the East is going to be the best conference once again this year. Like you said, Jackson, we are going to get to the West next week. Thanks for tuning in for the comeback of the Comeback Podcast of last year. Five on three, come back next week.